Hello and welcome to the Just Keep Thriving podcast. This is the podcast helping you step into your power by owning your expertise, fully embodying your mission, and rising to the next level of entrepreneurship to help the world thrive while you create your massive impact and, of course, your income. I'm beyond excited to have you here, so let's dive into today's episode. Hello, lovely humans, and welcome back to the podcast. Today, we have one of my favorite humans on earth that I'm interviewing, Ms. Megan Yelaney. Um, she is a seven-figure business coach. She started out as a beach body coach and turned business coach, and she's one of the most mm-hmm. epic humans in the world. She was my first business coach, and now my business coach <laughs> again, and <laughs> one of her specialties is really helping us as humans just really own ourselves and own ourselves in the coaching realm, own ourselves on Instagram, put out the shit that we know needs to be out there and like not question ourselves. And for me, that was such a big, big, big thing in working with her. And I wanted to bring her on to share that gift with you guys, because that is what she does with her clients. Mm-hmm. And yeah, Megan, I'm super happy to have you here. Ah! Yay! <laughs> Thanks for that beautiful intro. Yeah, I couldn't keep you away, and I'm I'm not mad about it. I'm very excited, <laughs> and I'm so excited to be here and just chat with you and all your amazing uh, humans that listen to this. So can't wait. Let's do it. Yes. Cool. So let's start out with a little bit about you. I'm sure, like most <laughs> people on my podcast, know about you, but let's go into a little bit about your story, how you started, where you yeah. are now, very briefly, and then let's dive into some tips for everybody. Yeah, of course. I feel like with stories too, even if someone knows your name, they don't really know your story. You know, Um, I have to do another, my story podcast soon. It's been a while, but yeah. So I, um, I started business back in 2012. Technically I signed up for my network marketing company in 2011. The, it was Thanksgiving. I'll never forget it. Uh, I signed up for a health company, Beachbody, and I felt really shitty about myself and my body at the time. And it was the day after Thanksgiving when I signed up. So I'll never forget that. Um, and it was more just for accountability and getting the discount at the, in the beginning, it wasn't about building the business for a while for me, but then I kind of dabbled in it, like dipped my toe, treated it like a hobby, made some quick money. And then like, was like, that was cool. And then I stopped. Um, and I was very inconsistent for about, I'd say a year and a half. And then I went to my first live event and just saw like all these people like shredding their mortgages and doing these cool things. And I was like, what? <laughs> I was living paycheck to paycheck as a cocktail waitress in between acting gigs. Cause I'm an actress as well. And I was just like, what am I doing? I'm sitting on this gold mine. And the cool thing about network marketing, and I believe any business, cause I really do believe anyone can really make it if they, um, know what they're doing and if they're passionate about what they're doing and they're willing to learn and grow and give it time. And they were also normal. Like everyone who was successful was just like a normal person. No one was like flashy or like a model or anything like that. So I was like, okay, we're going to do this. And a year and a half later, I quit all my side jobs. I more than replaced my income. And then a year later we hit six figures. And then I decided while this is cool and it's been awesome, I learned a ton that I still apply today. I knew I was meant to do something else, branched out in network marketing and started my own health and wellness business outside of that, which I never really should have done. Let's be honest. I did that for about four to six months. And even (laughs) during that time, 
I started business coaching like three months in for Amanda Bucci's program. That's where I met Johnny. And it was so quickly in. She reached out to me. She's like, I want you to be the co-coach in this program. And it was just obvious that like, I should have been business coaching, not health coaching. And so quickly realized that, dove in, um, went to life coaching school, and then it became full-time life and business coaching and haven't looked back since. And here we are, a uh, pretty big business later. It's been a pretty cool <laughs> cool growth. There's so many ups and downs within that that we can dive into as well. Um, but I've been in business since 2000, technically 11, but really, really, I'd say building hardcore since 2014. So it's easy to look at it and think it's its overnight success. And it definitely was not. I had a lot of learning what to do, what not to do over the years. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for sharing that. I always forget like how complex of a human you are with <laughs> acting. She also sings, side note, she's singing in her marketing. So go over to her page and like listen to her pitch while she sings. It's the most epic <laughs> shit in the world. <laughs> It's so fun. I such a blast doing it. Yeah. And I think there's a few things that I wanted to point out. The first thing, which is like the thing that uh, brought me to you was that when you went to this Beachbody conference that you realized that everybody who was really successful was normal. So can you talk about like what that, I know what it's like for me and I talk about it on my podcast a lot, but like what that was like for you and like the expectations that you felt versus like when you went there and you were like, oh shit, they're just like weirdos and normal people. And like, I can do that too. Right. Yeah, totally. So before I think I went there, I, I just didn't get business in that sense. It's funny. I went to college for business and I graduated at the top of my class for business, but it's so different. Like when you're learning it conceptually in a classroom versus like actually in there. And so when I went to this first event and I saw these people getting recognized and specifically the, the woman who was top coach, like three years in a row, she could barely pay for her entry to become a coach. And that was like right there. Wow. Okay. So she didn't come for money um she was cute like she's cute girl you know by anyone's standards but she's definitely not a model like at all you know what I mean and I just for some reason when I went there the reason I mentioned that is I just figured oh they have to be very specific types of almost celebrities I think the reason is that company in particular had what they called celebrity um trainers so Tony Horton Sean T Shalene Johnson, um, all these beautiful humans, like gorgeous, gorgeous people, crazy in shape. I mean, they're trainers. So, so it was, that's kind of what I thought the top coaches were like too. And so when I saw that, this was like a normal girl from Pennsylvania who like was kind of awkward, like kind of awkward and, and like was so normal and did not come from anything special. I was like, what is the difference between her and me? The difference is she worked her ass off and she didn't keep quitting and she didn't keep complaining. And she said, let's figure this out. And all of a sudden that was, it just hit me. And I was like, I am the only one holding myself back here. And so I left that on fire and I was like, if she can do it, I can do it. And I just started to actually do the work <laughs> and not give up when someone said no and learn how to do attraction marketing, all this other stuff. But that was the biggest thing was like, she just worked harder and she kept at it when it was hard. Yeah. I love that. Um, <laughs> they were such beautiful people, <laughs> but then the people below them were like, <laughs> kind of like more normal. And I was like, I could do that. Right. Would you could yeah. have been like the person who was like the celebrity trainer as well? Fun fact, if you've ever watched the Kardashians and you've seen the way that their celebrity trainer trains them, it is the most 
uncomfortable thing for like a skilled trainer to watch because whoever her trainer is probably gets paid like $700 an hour. And I'm not really sure what he has them do. Side note, moving on. Anyway, (laughs) but (laughs) some things I want to point out um, are you realized as Joe's bringing me food. Thank you, bro. Um, (laughs) Joe's been on our podcast and everybody fucking loves him. So we're going to bring him back for like a third time. He's like my, my most popular guest. (laughs) Oh my, I haven't even had Mike on once. I'm horrible. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to get on that soon. We we did a whole talk about sex sex and money and relationships. Yes. Um, but when you noticed that somebody was just like working harder mm-hmm. and not giving up when someone said no, I want to touch on that because you, you said you've been in business since 2011 and it's kind of similar to me where it seems like an overnight success, but in reality, like I've fucked it up for a ton of years before yeah. this for myself and other businesses. And I've had yeah. massive success for myself and other businesses previously. Right. So like that turning point for you was like, oh shit, that person just didn't give up. Oh shit, that person also had a lot of sucky times. That person was also broke and invested when they didn't have the money, like literally didn't have the money, couldn't pay for it. So put it on a credit card or got a loan from someone someplace, right? So like, what was that process like for the turning point? Was there still comparison? Was it just like an uphill thing from there? And what was that experience? Because I think a lot of people go through the turning points and then they're stuck in this place of it didn't happen to me yet, or I paid the coach and why didn't I get the results yet? Or why aren't I seeing the results? Is my coach bad? Am I bad? And I think that it's easy to think it's just uphill and I I don't think it is, you know? Yeah. You know, what's so interesting about that experience was in network marketing, it's so different. I mean, a lot of people in network marketing seek out coaches, but usually you have an upline who helps you. So if your upline doesn't know what they're doing or isn't great at what they're doing, then that's all you have. Yes. So I love my upline. She's incredible, a good friend, but she's, I think, six years old and lives in Hawaii. I'm 33 and I live in New York. We just are very different people. We have different lifestyles. Love her. Like we're super close. We'll always be friends, right? But she ran her business very differently. And when I tried to copy and paste what she was doing, it was like not working. It felt really weird. And it was like super old school network marketing, like bring people into a room and have a party and stuff like that. And it worked great for her because like, that's her jam. And that's what she did. And for me, I was like, this is so awkward. No one's going to say yes to this. And, um, and so that was the first time when I left that conference and I saw other people doing it differently. I realized while I obviously believe in coaching, you know, I, I have coaches all the time, you know, just coaching is incredible. I realized I didn't need to rely on her. I didn't need to rely on my coach and it was all going to be me. And so from that second on, I was like, all right, I'm not going to, I'm going to take radical responsibility for my results. This is not her fault or her success. If I succeed, she didn't do it. Um, so it went both ways too. Um, the second thing, it's funny, Beachbody always encouraged you to think about this. And at the time it was like so corny and I'd roll my eyes, but now I'm like, It's so true though. They'd say, think of a why that makes you cry. And it's kind of like for anything in your business, the beginning, it's going to be hard. It's going to be hard the whole time, honestly, but you don't see it that way all the time. Like I still go through a lot of new hard shit now, but it's like, I know it's not the end of the world and it can roll off way easier now. 
Um, but in the beginning, it's going to be that kind of hard that you feel like you're going up a down escalator. So you have to find a reason beyond just money because I can make money so many ways. So that was not enough for me. Um, so if you can really journal and sit down and be like, why am I doing this? Like at the end of the day, if the only reason is because you want to make some money, it's not going to be enough. It's not. So you've got to think of something else. And for me, the light bulb clicked is like, I wanted to be able to perform. I want to be able to, there's so many gigs that I couldn't take because they didn't pay enough. And I didn't want to have to worry about making that my income. I wanted to just actually enjoy it. I wanted to travel. I wanted my husband to be able to quit his job and us to like live wherever. And I wanted to be my own boss. There was, it was more of a lifestyle. And when I really honed in on that, the days I didn't want to get online, the days I didn't want to start conversations, the days I didn't want to work, I did anyway. And that compound effect, like all of a sudden, a year later, things took off and it wasn't magical. It's because I did the annoying little things every day that I didn't want to do, but worked. And before you knew it, I started to actually enjoy those things. I started to a third thing that could help you along this this way too is I started to like shift my perspective. How could I make this more fun? So in network marketing specifically, you start a lot of conversations. And I don't like believe in cold messaging, um, but you can still start conversations in a really organic, authentic way. I would like blast music and start conversations like while I was like listening to music or walking around my house. I didn't just like sit there head down because that was like so like, Oh, it was just, I didn't want to do it then. But if I was like blasting music or like walking outside or like the, the scenery that made a really big difference for how I actually did it. So I hope that makes sense. And those three tips help, but those are big. Yeah, definitely. It sounds like reshifting your mindset and then refocusing on your mission. And that's two of the biggest things that we always talk about on this podcast. You know, my thing is dedicating yourself to that mission and I think there's two aspects of the mission it's like the mission for what you want in your life and then the mission of like what you're trying to put out there and change and see a difference in in the world right and so having those two aspects and like I think the mission for ourselves like money is a big thing but like there's also so many other things right there's so many other things that can define your level of success that like hey even if you just started five DM conversations today, like that's a massive fucking success when yeah. you had none. Instead, you're, we're, we're always, or a lot of people tend to chase like, well, I didn't get the money. So those DM conversations didn't matter. Mm. And that's yeah. a very short term way of thinking or like, oh, the launch failed this time or I only got one person or two people and my goal was 10 or 20. Like, oh, I failed. It's like, what else came from that launch? What else did you get from that launch? What did you learn throughout that launch? What leads do you have, right? Because that all builds up and it all compounds. And like you said, when you start with the annoying things that you don't want to do, Mm -hmm. then you get something out of it every single time. And then all those little things just build up and up and up. And then it, like once it takes off, it like continues to take off and yeah. then you hit like more roadblocks and you're like, but that never stops. And so one of the things I love to ask my clients is like, are you enjoying the things you're doing right now? Like, I understand you're frustrated right now with whatever the case might be, yeah. but are you actually enjoying spending time, enjoying the things that are going to, that you're actually doing, or are you just doing them because you have to for the launch? Right. And yeah. I think that's a big, big, big mindset shift of how can I make this fun or how can I make this more enjoyable for me? You know, hundred percent. And like you just said, seeing the bigger picture 
it's like you said, it's so easy to think, oh, I started this conversation. It didn't end in a sale today, right? It's not going to. It's very rare that that's going to happen. And two quick, like timely examples. Um, I had two people sign up for my Black Friday uh, bundle, which was a $3,500. I had more than two, but two in particular, who it's a $3,500 offer. And we have never talked a day in our life. And they signed up. And they said they had been following me for a while and consuming all of my content, watching all my lives. They were seeing results from just my free stuff that they were ready. Never had a conversation with them. And they bought a $3,500 offer, like just like that. And it's, I love when stuff like that happens because they didn't just come to my page and go, oh yeah, great. I'm going to buy from her. They, I don't even, I got to ask them how long they were consuming, but for a while, they said for a while. So I could have given up and not, not put out content and all of that. That's not only $7,000, but that's also an incredible, um, impact on their life and their business, hopefully, you know what I mean? So that's one example. And then I have a client who I actually was on a call with earlier today and she, um, she was saying how sometimes she feels that way. We're like, are these conversations actually getting anywhere? Is this content actually getting anywhere? And she recently signed a one-on-one client for 1300 a month for six months. That's around seven grand or something like that. And it all came from an initial live that she did that that girl saw and then started following her and started a DM with her. And now she just had $7,000 come in from this one live a while ago. So like you said, like you, you think so short term, sometimes we all do that and it's so not short term. It's about the, the future. It's about when they're ready to invest, they're going to come back to you. Yeah, exactly. And I, I love that example because it's like, you are one of the best at making like connections with people and genuinely fucking care. Like Megan and I went to a conference in San Diego, right? And she, I was her like highest paying client at that point or one of them and she treated me just the same as she treated every other random human who was like Megan oh my god and it was <laughs> such a profound like thing and I remember messaging I was like dude like you're a really good human like you literally actually just care and I guarantee you you got out of all the other business coaches that were there that time guarantee you got the most amount of leads most amount of conversion from that experience of meeting everybody because they genuinely felt like you cared whereas a lot of other people didn't and so you weren't in it to like hey guys you're gonna like me and then I'm gonna sell you it's like hey you're gonna like me I think you're gonna do amazing and you're gonna follow me and if you like me beautiful if not beautiful like that's all fine but you're not gonna change the way you act so it's the same thing when we're in the dms like Mm -hmm. just allowing ourselves to fully just enjoy the conversation and truly get to know somebody truly actually just to get to know them outside of health and fitness or outside of business coaching or mindset coaching you know like we're kind of taught this like gross ass way to be like what's your health and fitness struggle and like everybody's like oh that's creepy go away and I totally (laughs) did that in the beginning and I was like wait a minute I wouldn't do human form why the fuck would I do this in a dm right so it's like say I like your dog I like your face like Megan and I connected over orange theory you know, and living in New York and like complaining about the weather or something that like New Yorkers do. Like, I don't fucking know, you know? And like, we went for coffee and it was like a normal thing. And I was like, I need that lady in my life simply because I liked you. And then I saw that you could actually help me. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's like the initial conversation through DMs, initial conversation, whenever you meet somebody is 
just a normal human conversation. And then your content takes care of it, whether you have five likes or 5,000 likes, it's Mm -hmm. aimed to help somebody. And when you look at it that way, it compounds really, really, really quickly. Yes. Oh my gosh. I love everything you just said. Like, it's so about the human connection when, especially when you're a coach, if you're, even if you're a service provider, um, honestly, even done for you, every single person I've hired, I've hired because I liked them, even if it was a done for you service. And, and it's because I'm hiring a person I'm going to work with. I want to like who I'm talking to every week or every other week or whatever it is. And it's so, I I remember you telling me that story and it it, it boggles my mind that that's like a thing, but it is a thing where I'm like, why would I treat someone differently? Because they make less money than me. You know what I mean? Like, it's so. my sisters make a lot less money than me. Let me just tell you. And I do not, I look up to them. Like they're incredible humans. So it's just, it's sad that that's a thing, but as long as you don't get trapped in that, um, and I'm not old by any means, I'm 33 years old, I think I'm very young, but for the industry, if there's so many like young 20s and, and it's awesome, I wish I started when I was like 21, it's amazing, but so many people get caught up in that, and it's like, oh, I'm here now, so, you know, and you, you don't like treat people how you want to be treated as like, cliche as that sounds like it's all about the human connection because guess what there's a ton of business coaches out there who know how to business coach there's a ton of fitness coaches out there who know how to do that like how are you going to be different they they all should know about the same kind of stuff but the way in which you coach the way in which you make them feel in your container that's going to be unique to you Uh, that's what people buy so Exactly. They buy the way you make them feel. They buy how connected they feel to you. But if you're just aiming to put out the live to sell somebody, it might work, but you're going to get a lot more out of it and enjoy it way more when you're like, wow, I really fucking enjoyed teaching on that. You're like, we don't hop on this podcast to say, how many leads can Megan get? How many people can I get to listen to me from Megan's? Like that will happen, but we do it because we have something to share and we vibe well together. Right. And that's the way that we go into sales calls. That's the way we go into content creation. It's all because you have something to share. Yeah. Right? 100%. And allowing yourself to fully enjoy that process comes from detaching from it has to work this way or it has to happen this way. Even when we have money goals, like we all have money goals and like 2020 was really fun with that shit, but like, <laughs> <laughs> but like not doing it to add up to the goal, doing it with the goal in mind, saying this is what I want, it's gonna happen regardless if it happens now in six weeks and 12 weeks, whatever it is, it's gonna be amazing, but I'm gonna pave the way to do that and I'm gonna pave the way in a way that feels good for me, right? And taking things from your coaches that you like, taking things from other people, right? Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean that you're a bad coach or anybody's less than you or better than you, it just means everybody has their different ways of doing it and it's important for you to dissect that. So you had mentioned something about your... Um, coach, when you were working with her, like you were just like, oh, it's not her results, right? It's my results. And she might do it this way. And she might be able to teach me about these other ways. And I might be able to see these other ways. So can you talk a little bit about what you see people really struggle with in terms of like just following that one way. I know I fell into this trap when I was coaching with you and you're like, Johnny, your business doesn't have to be like mine. And I was like, but but what else is there? Right. You didn't do that to me. I assumed that way. Right. So everything is on us. So can we talk a little bit about that? Because I think it's powerful. Yeah. It's so, the reason it's so powerful is 
it's powerful and it's also scary because you have to really take responsibility for your results. And that's like, oh, I have no one else to blame. Shit, you know, like it's, I, I, I have a red flag raised if someone comes and says, hey, I want to join your group program or whatever. And they say they've done stuff in the past. And the first thing I'm like, okay, so why do you think it didn't work for you? Or, or what didn't you work in it or whatever? I, I usually phrase it better than that. And if it's something about like, oh, well, the concepts were this or this or this, I dig deeper because I'm like, well, it doesn't mean this will work for you either if you're still stuck in this certain thought or you're not actually doing the work or you're expecting it to be a quick fix. So um, a big thing is like literally write down radical responsibility and have it like plastered somewhere on your desk or wherever you work. And just looking at that, you're going to be like, okay, I am responsible for my results. It's really it's scary, but it's so freeing because you can't blame anyone else. And when you realize that you're like, okay, I have to actually start doing the things I said I would. And I have to start doing it in a way that feels good to me. So that's, that's one. Um, but then also like you kind of mentioned is realizing your coach, even if you're similar, right. Even if you're kind of similar in style or humor or, or, or content or whatever it is, you're still different. And yeah. so you being a carbon copy of them is going to feel like you're a carbon copy and you're going to compare yourself and say, why is my business not taking off the way theirs is and all this stuff. And I had like a, not even a week, but it was with my old coach. It was like maybe a week where I thought I have to be more like her to get to the seven figure mark. And we're so different. We're night and day different with the content, with our style. Um, and like, she's very high class and, um, you know, designer bags and all these awesome things, amazing things. And I'm like pretty awkward. That's literally my brand. And so me trying to do this was like comical for a week. It was just weird. And it wasn't, she didn't tell me to do it. Like you just said, she never told me to do that. Like that wasn't her. I just thought, oh, I have to do this. And it felt so weird. And after a week, I was like, what am I doing? This is like not, I've already built a very successful business. Why am I changing everything? Like, this is silly. Yeah. And finally just said, no, that's not what I'm taking. I'm taking these little mindset tidbits. I'm taking some structures of programs. And like you said, take what feels good and leave what doesn't. Because at the end of the day, I have said, there's been things that coaches have recommended I do that I've said, mm, you know what, that doesn't feel right in my gut. So I'm not going to do it. Yeah. And and I'm glad I didn't do it because it wasn't right. And so same thing for you. If I tell you, hey, I think you should do this, you'll do it if it feels right. You won't if it doesn't. Yeah. Um, so knowing like radical responsibility and also that if you are trying to be a carbon copy of anyone, especially your coach, you're always going to feel like you're falling short because you are different and you should do it differently. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> Wait, what were you doing that you were trying to be a higher class version? I, I, don't, I don't know if I feel the words higher class because like you are high class. Just I don't even know like what that means. $3,000 <laughs> bags or $30,000 bags. But like <laughs> it was in like, I wanted to make my specifically, I remember this. I wanted to make my Instagram stories like super branded and like so <laughs> professional looking. Like, you know, like there's some people and I'm really good friends with some people who do this. So that I like, I admire the crap out of them where it's like so gorgeous. If you see anything branded on my story, my team did it. I did not do any of it. And it's usually during launches. It's not usually like on the norm. Yeah. That's not my secret sauce. That's not what I'm great at. And so I just was like trying to do that and it was exhausting and it took me forever and it wasn't even good. And I was like, what am I doing? This is not, no. And I went back to who I was and that's what connected yeah. with my person, you know? And, 
um, yeah, and it's interesting because like I've attracted people who are like that. So it doesn't necessarily mean you're not going to attract different types of people. It's yeah. more about the values and people are attracted to real humans, yeah. especially now. I think people are craving with everything that happened this year and not having a lot of social interaction. We're craving real human connection. So be yourself more than ever right now. Like it's, it's really going to help you connect with your ideal clients so much more. Yeah. And I love how you said that about your values. Like I, I truly believe that your values are what really connects you to people like your marketing and all that stuff. But like within your marketing is your values and what's really important to you and having like the things that are important to you, certain levels of cars, or maybe like you're somebody who doesn't give a shit about fucking cars. You're like, I don't really care what car I drive. Like whatever. I don't care what bag I wear. I, it doesn't matter, you know? And like, that's one level of like, I think values in like the more like superficial way, but then it's also like what's really important to you and how you live your life. And, you know, like you have your nieces and nephews that you show all the time. Well, pre grown yeah. up because I haven't seen them in a long time. <laughs> I think I called them like a month month ago I was there but it, yeah it's been it's but been being smart. that like more family oriented human is a big value you know yep. something that I don't really connect to as much I have like my sister and my husband and that's kind of really it we're not just big family people right but that's something that can attract somebody to you whereas yeah. even if like they like really expensive stuff and like that's just not your vibe like they yeah. will be attracted to you because of the family value and that's that point of connection that really like if you think of like a friend you, you have similar values. Like you, you're not going to agree on everything, but you have similar values and, um, having that shine of like, what's really important to you is one of the best ways to connect. And when we talk about increasing engagement, when we, when we talk about sales and why people are going to choose you when they saw you're alive and then they're like, Oh shit, I'm following her. She has the tips, that thing to put them over the edge of like becoming obsessed with you almost. Yeah. And just a really good way of like, oh, wow, I really admire this person. Wow. This person is really helping me every single day, right? There's a level of like, I'm waiting for them. I'm waiting for them. It's that value that, that your core values, right? So understanding what those are to you and what's important to you is going to help you find your right ideal client. Like when we do ideal client activities, this should be a part of it. It's like yeah. what values you really resonate with because that's how you're going to really vibe with that person, you yeah. know? A hundred percent. And it's like, it's taking that too and making that, like you just said, part of your marketing and part of your brand. I think people assume that I have to just speak to the problem and I have to just speak to solving the problem and reaching the goal. Yeah, of course you want to talk about that, but how can you talk about it differently than someone else is exactly like you just said, is tying in your values and having it could be as silly as like something that I didn't even realize I do. Usually it's going to be stuff you don't even realize you do until you like analyze what you do. But I say, um, in almost all the beginning of my lives or my podcast, I sing hello. And I just, it's like new girl. Like I'm like, just all the time. I'm just like singing <laughs> random things. Yeah. And it's become such a thing that I do. And people comment on it all the time. And I'm like, hello, pretty awkward fam. And like, we start everything like that. <laughs> and it's so little, but like another business coach I know would never start like that. That'd be so weird for her and unprofessional for her where me doing what she does would be really weird, but we both have our thing and both of them work really yeah. well. Um, because that's just naturally what we are. So I just say that because I think so many times when I do this work with clients, more who are like starting, they get so like, what is it? It has to be so specific and clear and unique and different. 
just pay attention to who you are. Like, it's probably really obvious and it doesn't have to be this like out of the box. You don't need to be a singer. You don't need to be, uh, you know, a musician. It doesn't have to be anything like that. You want to actually connect on something pretty normal that everyone experiences. Um, And those little quirks, those little things you start to tie in, people will start to recognize it and it will come actually part of your brand. So it's just being more intentional about like, what actually does make me me and how can I intentionally make that my actual brand? Then people start to associate you with specific things. And before you know, you've built this brand, but it's not like so much pressure. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think a lot of people try and do it backwards. Like what's my brand? What's my brand? What's my brand? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) Versus like, who am I? What's important to me? What's the message I want to share? What's my mission? What people do I connect with? How can I show that? And that like, you are your brand, right? So when we talk about, you said the word sitting on a gold mine, you said that in, when you were at the um, conference for Beachbody, you said like, I realized I was sitting on a gold mine. I just had to fucking act. I had to continue going. And like that gold mine word is like you, you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Like realistically, like you were sitting with yourself and realizing, oh shit, I have all of this power within me. If they can do it, of course I can like, why, why not? They're just as, they're just like as normal. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Understanding what that like means to yourself is really, really important. Like, and understanding Mm -hmm. that's an internal thing. It's not having the coach that makes it better. Yeah. Right. Like Uh you already had it within you, you know, like I came to you and I was Epic before you and I'm still Epic. You know what I mean? Like you didn't change anything within me. It was already there. It's just enhanced. It's like, you know, you know what I'm saying? It's like, how can we make what's already really special about you work for you now? How can we actually make it marketable and make it make you money? (laughs) Uh, Which you're like such a prime example. When I think of the unique coaching method, I think of someone who it's funny because it took off and then you realize what you were actually meant to do was more obviously the, the business, uh, holistic, all that kind of coaching. Um, but like you just doubled down on who you are and talking so openly about sex and talking so openly. I'll never forget. We were at our VIP day in that, uh, was it WeWork? Yeah. Yeah. And we had, uh, I think we were having like a beer. I don't remember. It was just so much fun. I love that day. And we just started looking at your content and like you just started being so unapologetic about it and you still so run your business that way. And the cool thing is you've shifted quote unquote industries. Right. But you didn't change anything really. Like you were, (laughs) that's what's so beautiful about this is when you, when you, create your brand off of who you are as a human and not just your business. Like same, I shifted from fitness, health coaching to life and business and now mainly business. And I was pretty, I created pretty awkward back in my fitness days and I, it's transferred over. So like, this is also a great way for you to easily transition industries or switch clients. Cause that's probably going to happen. It happens to most people I know as you evolve. Yeah. And that, that core of like being pretty awkward is like ultimately just being you, right? It's not like you have to be awkward in a certain way or like you have to be funky in a certain, or like artsy and like a musician. It's like, we all are awkward in a lot of ways. And, um, that that's like the norm and we try and pretend like it's not, (laughs) you know, and like that being the core follows you. So when we talk about your mission, like to me, like when I think of you, I'm just like, oh, Megan helps people like be more of themselves. And then like, 
as you're more of yourself, like your health falls into place, everything else falls into place, your relationships fall into place, you actually understand yourself and you can make more money because you're able to market that, right? So it like followed you. Same thing with thriving for me. Like thriving was that key thing that after Joe cheated on me when we were engaged, I was like, oh shit, I'm kind of miserable. I'm kind like, even aside from the cheating, like I'm kind of just not happy. I'm kind of really negative Nancy and I hate my life. I'm not thriving. And then that word just kind of carried with me throughout health. And I was like, oh, as I thrive, my health is better. As I thrive, I'm taking, I'm having more sex. I'm having better relationships. I'm having better friendships. I'm making more money because I'm happy. Right. Yeah. And, and coming to that core for whatever it is for you guys listening is really important of like, what is that message that you want to be out there? That's what drives you. And like, then the ideal clients come, even if you still feel confused because like you're actually just putting it out there. Yeah. Right. 100%. No, it's so true. And there's this book called, I think it's the happiness project. Mm. I think that's the name of it, but I, sh- I think it's Sean Aker. Um, don't quote me on that, but I pretty, I'm pretty sure that's the book. And one of the main parts of that is like how people chase things to make them happy. Right. Well, once I make this much money, once I find, have the husband, once I do blah, 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 all this stuff, I'll be happy. And he's like, it's so twisted. It's actually finding the happiness within. And even if it's tiny, I understand like, this has been a hard year. (laughs) Like this has been a shitty year and even shittier for certain people. Like there's, there's just been a lot that's gone on. And so it's not that you're, you don't want to be po- uh, toxic positivity or anything like that. I don't mean that at all, but there's going to be something every day that you can hold on to, you know, whether it's something, something grateful, something you can be grateful for, no matter how small it is. And when you can find that within your business and within yourself, then the other things start to fall into line. And it's interesting. One of my biggest tips for people building their business at any level um, is to find something else you like doing as well that can be a stress reliever not like a separate business. I don't recommend like trying a million at once, but like, if you love, you love playing piano, Johnny, you know what I mean? Um, I love singing. I love performing. I love watching Netflix. Like you can watch a lot of Netflix and build a very successful business. I do it every day. <laughs> like what are some things that you love doing? Like outside, I still go to Orange Theory, like stuff like that, that you, you love that have nothing to do with business that you can look forward to. That has been so huge in me just not identifying my whole self as I am me, only my business. There's yeah. a lot of pressure. So that'll help too. Yeah, I love that. And that's such a big thing because we think like once I make the money, I'll have I'll then back off. I won't wake up and write the post automatically. I remember there was like when I was building my business, the first thing in the morning, everything I was doing was writing a post. And I'm like, do I have a post today? Oh yeah, I do. It was pre-planned. That's fine, right? <laughs> it's like I don't think of it anymore. It's like which one do I want to post? And putting that out there. Do I want to write a new one? Like it's so low pressure because I have specific things that make me feel really good, that make me thrive every single day. Right. And it's like, not when you make the money, you will have the time or or you will be deserving of taking that for yourself. Right. It's like, you get to do that now because when you're happier, you show up better. You believe in yourself more. Everything in business just becomes easier. People are attracted to you more. Right. And again, it's not like the toxic positivity thing, but like understanding that like this morning I told Megan, I cried for like three hours this week. And last week has just been a shitty motherfucking week. 
and beautiful in a lot of aspects too. It can coexist. It's not like either or, like everything has to suck or everything has to be amazing for you to be happy. You experience Mm -hmm. sadness, you experience happiness all at the same time, right? And so allowing yourself to feel the feelings, cry it out, have your breakdowns, which I call breakups, because I always think you grow out of them as Mm -hmm. like I recently discovered what crying was at the age of 28. (laughs) (laughs) I did too. My husband just discovered it at like 32. So (laughs) you're past him. (laughs) Now it's like drop of a hat. (laughs) I was like, I cried again. I cried again. I've never seen you cry in our whole relationship. And I've seen you cry like more in one year than you ever have in your life. (laughs) Oh my goodness. And so like not allowing that to mean that my whole business day like is completely done with, right? Like Megan Mm -hmm. asked me, Hey, you're okay to do this podcast. And I was like, I feel fine. I got it out. I went to the gym. I still do the things that I needed for me, but I did take the time for that. Right. And the stuff that I needed to do today will still be there. Right. So just understanding that you don't have to be at a certain level to do that. And feeling both happiness and sadness is, is like healthy (laughs) number one Mm -hmm. and not feeling the sadness and just pretending like everything's okay. is not going to get you any further. It's actually Mm going to be like, you're trying to go up a down escalator or down and up escalator, whatever the things are. Right. It's like, that's going to backfire. I spent so much of my business, like pretending like everything was perfect and fine and never talking to you about anything that I struggled with. And just like, Oh, it's fine. I'll figure it out next time. Or next time will be better. Instead of allowing yourself to like feel the suck. Yeah. No. 100%. Yeah. That's how you really, really move through something yeah. is letting yourself, the, the longer you brush it under, that's when things fester. That's when things become like really, really, I don't say bad, but like they can become um, bad habits in the future too. Yeah. So start working through it. And, and also those are the moments, I think it's so beautiful what we do as online entrepreneurs or coaches or service providers is like every single sucky thing is an opportunity for us to teach or to learn from. And so it's kind of, I was talking to a client about this the other day. I'm like, it's almost annoying because it's like, can I just be a normal human and just be like complain about something and not have to make it mean something, you know what I mean? (laughs) And it's like annoying, but it's also so beautiful because every single crappy ass thing that happens, I can try to look, maybe not in that moment, but the next day and try to look at like, what did I learn from this? And how can I help someone else who's going through this? What a beautiful gift. Like not a lot of people have that. It also makes you you. So coming back to like that, that theme of, I guess our podcast today, it's like, you are not somebody who's just always positive. You are not somebody who's always smiley. And when we're lying to ourselves and trying to show up that way and not dealing with the things, we're not actually being ourselves. And that feels inauthentic and that makes showing up on stories so much harder, right? My favorite thing to teach about is like the launch period. When you're like in a launch and you're having your period, I always have my periods also on my launch, side note. (laughs) I keep trying to shift it, but then my period shifts. So I'm like, I guess I'm just launching all the time. You're like, I can't even plan around this, damn it. (laughs) Keep shifting, I'm so annoyed. (laughs) But um the, the like launch period of like, yay, okay, opened cart. Sometimes people buy initially, sometimes people don't. And then it's silent and you're like, ah, oh, God damn it. This yeah. is awful. And then you cry it out. Everyone has that. Like you just experienced the shit of like, did I even do anything? What is going on? You trust, yeah. you cry it out. And then you keep showing up because people need that. Yeah. Right? People need that what what you're saying to them, people need that message and coming back to like, you're just sharing something about you that yeah. suck includes you, you know? 
Yeah. Like it's all included in you. You don't have to be perfect in order to have a successful business. No. In fact, it's like, that's think about reality shows you love. And I'm not saying you're a reality show, but like anything you want to keep coming back and watching, why you keep coming back and watching it. Unless you're like an influencer whose job literally is to, I'm not saying every influencer, but some like be perfect and sell this product, right? That's probably not what you're doing. If you're listening to this, then that's actually what is so appealing is like, how did she recover from that? Or what did she learn during that? You know, that's, I never really learned something from someone when they had a good experience. It's usually like, how did you learn from the sucky experience that then helped you have the good experience? Every success I've had financially, uh, emotionally, mentally, whatever it is, it all came from learning something from a shitty experience. So just remember that it's, it's so true. It really is. It's, the entrepreneurial roller coaster for a reason. It truly, truly is roller coaster. So it's like every day. It's like you're upside down, then you're right side up, and you're going backwards and you're going forward, and then you're like, "What is going on?" Yeah, it's <laughs> Did I just like, puke. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I just, I just almost fell out. Almost fell out, but we're not. We're good. We're good. Yeah, exactly. It's just, and you have to like look at it that way. So when like I have shitty moments, I'm like, "Ugh, I know we're gonna have an up soon, but it's really annoying right now." Yeah. But I let myself deal with it, you know. And coming back to the idea of like business is hard Mm -hmm. and like when it gets to be easy, that's because you're not making it mean something when the shit is there and when you've sat on the shit and now the shit's on your face and you're like, ugh, like we're not making it mean anything about our business. (laughs) Wonderful picture to paint. I hope you guys aren't like eating breakfast, but we're going to But it's like when we talk like business is hard it's just the less we make it mean about ourselves and the more we stay connected to our mission and the reason we're showing up that's when we keep going and i think getting over that hump for for me particularly i love to hear yours as well where it's like i was making every launch mean everything about my business like this time last year i was like if this doesn't go this way everything's gonna suck and if this doesn't that means all my dms and i've wasted so much time and it just meant i was making it mean so much about my ability to succeed that it was really really difficult to keep going now it's like oh i get to have fun things are gonna suck things are gonna be great it's always gonna go up and up and up there's no option for it not to but on the way up it's gonna be upside down shit on my face puking at the same time on a roller coaster and like it doesn't mean that i suck it just means that that's part of the journey right and we we keep going regardless because we're attached to our mission and that's why business feels a lot easier are there days i cry are there days where i'm like what is going on like why didn't that work Yes, but that I don't make it mean anything. And for me, that's when business felt a lot easier, right? A hundred percent. It feels, exactly. It's not that, like, I want to make that super clear. It's not that it's not going to be hard as you get to a certain point. It's actually just as hard and it's just different levels of hard and different things that you're like, okay, I didn't know this was going to be an issue. Um, so new things become hard. But like you just said, I know, oh, we've gone through the hard stuff before. We'll get through this. And I like, just know it's, it's just a period. And it's like, so it's just so much easier to approach it. Right. It's like, oh, cool. Okay. Let's give you that hard season. We've done it before. What did we do to get through it last time? Maybe we can apply some of that to this time. And you just, like you said, you just don't look at it as that way anymore. It's just like how 
if you said you had a launch, right? And you look and you go, oh, okay, I had a crappy launch or, or you didn't sign as many people as you wanted to. Look at some of the facts too. Maybe it's that you just literally don't have as many people in that specific audience that you needed. That's, that's not something that you could control right then and there. So how do you fix it? You work on growing your audience in that specific platform. Like it just takes some time. It's yeah. not you. It's not you as a human. It's that, you know, you're comparing maybe yourself to someone who has 50,000 followers and has been building their platform for years. Like, yeah. you know, it, it just takes time. And yeah, once you realize, that's why when people say it gets to be easy, I hear that a lot. And I, I love that quote, but I also am timid to say that sometimes because it's not, it doesn't mean it's not going to be hard. You're yeah. going to hard. You just are able to handle it better. Mm, like you said, yeah. you don't, you don't make it, you don't make it mean that you suck when it's hard. You're just like, Oh, this is what's happening here. Got it. Okay. Yeah. And I'm totally with you on like feeling like hesitant to say that because it can be taken just like the toxic positivity thing. It can be taken the complete wrong way yeah. where like, no, I didn't say that just because like playing piano is way easier for me now than it was when I first started. Do I still struggle with the same exact things? Yes. It's just harder shit to deal with. And at higher levels, it's a harder piece, right? Same yeah. thing with vocals, same thing with acting. It's like you, you have to dig deeper but yeah. you've been digging the whole time to be able to like pull it up, whatever it is that you need. And it's like every instance in your business, wherever you are right now, whether you've made no money and you've been working for three years or whether you have made a ton of money and you're still feeling in a place of like, oh, this is so hard right now. You're, you're being prepared for exactly what you need to be prepared for, for things to just massively succeed. So the sooner you trust that, the easier it becomes because then you're just like, oh, okay, that happened. Beautiful. Next. What can yeah. we learn? Where can we reflect? How can we move? Exactly. Exactly. And just like being patient. Like this takes so much longer than people think it's going to. Like just just be patient. And 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 like that's why I said have something else to like make your day. Have something else to look forward to. It has nothing to do with making money, nothing to do with business that you just love to do because you're just, you're not going to put all of your like pressure on business, business, business. And it yeah. really just makes it so much more enjoyable too. Yeah. I love that. Oh my goodness. Well, thank you so, so, so much for being here. I do have one last question for you that I try to remember to ask all of my guests. Um, <laughs> what is it that makes you thrive both in business and outside of business? And it can be the same thing. Ooh, I love this question. Um, hmm. I think the thing that makes me thrive it's going to sound corny. I'm going to try to like make it make sense. Um, is, 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 um, connecting back to what I'm super passionate about every day about one thing. So for me, like I've been singing since I was like, my mom said, since I popped out of the womb, I think that's impossible since I was like two, essentially we have a video of me singing when I was two years old pretty good for a two-year-old, just gotta say. And I, it's just part of my, my family. Like my parents are both incredible singers. My mom was on Broadway. So singing has been such a huge part of our life. Um, and when I sing, something happens in my body. Like literally, I, I know you feel the same thing with, yeah. with piano, like something magical happens and I truly don't do it to show off. I don't, I sing every day by myself in the shower, like full out. And something so magical happens. And when I can have that, just some part of me every day, that's so my sole purpose and has nothing to do with how I make money. Like 
I can make money singing and I have for many years, but it's not like the way I make a living. And so whatever that is to you, your equivalent of that, it could be writing, reading, um, you know, journaling, something, whatever it is, it doesn't have to be anything like artistic like that. Um, but what did you love to do as a kid that you're like, can I do that again? Um, that makes me thrive in my business. It makes me thrive in my relationships. Like when I'm doing more of that, everything else is happening in a better way. So, yeah, I love that. Oh my goodness. And your singing in the shower must be absolutely beautiful. Way better than Joe's. Fun fact, I was like trying to surprise him one time with like lingerie in my bed when he was showering and he was singing like, like the funniest song from, uh, it was Charlie Day's song from um, Always, uh, Always Sunny in Philadelphia. And okay. it was like, it's like the un- least sexiest song. And I was like, God damn it, Joe, I'm sitting here trying to be sexy for you and you're goddamn singing in the shower. This like awful, like song supposed to be funny and really gross in the, yeah. it was awful. Side note, so your singing is probably <laughs> better than what I'm envisioning. At the no. I hope so. I hope so. I've had a lot of years of practice, so <laughs> it wasn't, but yeah, just do like your, what your soul's purpose is, what you know, you don't need to make money from it. Just do it a little bit every day. If that's painting or drawing you, I don't know, whatever it is, like do it. It's going to make you have more fun. Um, I've actually had a couple clients do, um, and I bought them too. I haven't used them yet. Adult coloring books. I love coloring books. Yeah. Like, like get back to being a kid in a sense. There's so many things we did as children that we never should stop doing. Um, but adult responsibilities got in the way. So like infuse some of that fun, like whatever it is, it could be playing Sims. It could be like, there's so many like things. I'm starting that again, which is probably a bad idea, but my <laughs> friends getting into it and I used to love it. So, but like anything that can get you into that, that also helps you be more creative and that helps you come up with better ideas and all this stuff. Like yeah. hands down, I'm a better creator when I'm singing more, when I'm reading fiction books, like things that are fun for me. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be work, right? It can turn into work, but it can start just from a really fun place. Yeah, I love that. Oh my goodness. Well, thank you so, so, so much, Megan. Um, let them know where they can find you. Um, if you want me to give them anything down in the show notes, please do so. Um, yeah, where can you? Where can they find you? Yeah, um, mainly I hang out at my Instagram at Megan Yelaney, and it's M E G A N Y E L A N E Y, and the Pretty Awkward Entrepreneur Podcast. Those are two big places. If you also search pretty awkward entrepreneur, we have a pretty good Facebook group as well, but those are, uh, that's where I hang out now. So yeah. yeah. Beautiful. Megan has tons and tons and tons of amazing tips and is also an amazing human as well. So make sure to screenshot this episode, tag both of us and make sure to go and follow. I put her links down below. Megan, thank you so, so, so much. We'll probably have you back on like really soon, but thank you so much for being here and being a part of the Just Keep Thriving Entrepreneur podcast. Thank you for having me. Bye.